Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant, where I count our way through who I think are the most relevant players for us to consider in Supercoach Dream Team and AFL Fantasy for 2022. We put them all into a big melting pot so that if you do play multiple of the formats, there's relevant players for you to look at across every single day. Joining me on this podcast episode, the 2020 Dream Team Champion, I got Rids back. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, Mike. How you going? I'm good. I, I'm really intrigued to talk about this guy. And I, uh, the reason I, I wanted to get you on, because 2020 was certainly that year. You had a great year in Dream Team, winning the entirety of the competition. But in that year, Braden Maynard, who we're looking about in this episode, was phenomenal. But with a new coach, new game style, and a rumoured new role... He could be an interesting player for us to look at. Let's deep dive, though, before we get into any of that, into some of the numbers from last year as a defender-eligible option. He gave us a really strong couple of scores across the formats last year. He gave us a career-high Supercoach score against the Ds. It was a 142, while it was a 133 in that same game for AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. It's not a career-high score for him in that format, though. That was a 144 back in 2018 against the Dockers. A 92.3 is his super coach average, which will see him priced at $502,500, while in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, an average of 81.4. And in those formats, he'll set you back just over 680K in AFL Fantasy and just a touch under 700,000 in Dream Team. And Rids, after hitting the premium heights of being one of the best kind of surprising premium defenders of 2020, Coaches might have been a little bit disappointed with his 2021 year, but he still had some very important games from a footballing sense for Collingwood and some good scores for us as fantasy coaches to go along the year. Now, I know you love your stats on previous seasons. Yes. But I'm going to tell everyone listening to this podcast. It doesn't matter. Throw it in the bin. It doesn't matter. This guy has got nothing to do with 2020. 2021 is the interesting thing for me, okay? Yeah. He actually was the 20 – well, this year he's the 25th highest average player, defender, in our back lines to choose from. In and AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, yeah. Yeah. And in Supercoach, he's, he's 21st. Yeah. 21st. That's all you need to know, okay? <laughs> now, the second part of this is he has been rumoured for this midfield role that he has been whinging and complaining and begging. He just wants to play midfield. Okay, yep. that's point two. That's all you need to know for now. That's all you need to point know. Point three, forget all your research, forget everything. Point Doesn't three, matter. there's a guy called Jordan Degoe. Who mm. was, he was playing in the midfield last year. He was, now, he did all right. Just in case you have been living under a rock or you haven't followed the news, he got himself into a little bit of trouble over in America. A now, bit there of is a chance, yeah, a little bit. There is a chance that he may or may not play again next this year. Yes. Um, we don't know what's going up. It's all up in the air. Okay. So that's point three. Point four, new coach. Mm-hmm. So I know the preseason cup's been called absolutely everything over the last 20 years. 
I mean, it was the Alphabet Cup, it was yeah. some other cup, it was Amy, this cup. Ansett, everybody's had a chance at it, mate. I'm designating this 2022 preseason cup as the Braden Maynard Cup. Ooh. All we want to do is watch Collingwood preseason games, okay? That's all we want to do, whether it's one game, two games, three games, half a game, whatever. Just watch the preseason. If this guy starts in the centre square, it doesn't even look like venturing back, just starting. That's all I'm saying across all the formats. Yep. Because he's room for scope. And I know we're going to get into the numbers of 40s and how many 30s and 40s and 50s he scored over the last Yeah, it's irrelevant, though, if he has the midfield role. The thing is, in that midfield role, if he's already around the top 20, 25 for the position already, mm-hmm. there's only room and scope to go up. Okay? Correct. Start the guy. If you need to make a mistake and you need to trade him out after two or three games because the preseason cup or the Brandon Maynard cup <laughs> has confused us and tricked us with fool's gold, well, we just go down to the lowest, you know, the best performer. The value missed. guy around that yeah. you missed or whatever, you know, yeah. The one with the biggest negative break even at that point in time after two games in the limited format or in the AFL, you just go straight away in AFL fantasy. So don't second guess this. If he starts in the centre square in the preseason cup, the Braden Maynard Cup, <laughs> you have to have to start this guy because at seven hundred thousand or six hundred and eighty thousand around that ballpark yeah. in AFL fantasy and, um, and DT just over five hundred in SuperCoach, yeah, yeah, you have to start him because there is no better option in the back line if he does play midfield. And one of the things that really fascinates me as people look at Braden Maynard as an option this year is they forget, or, or maybe not even forget, don't see why Collingwood pursue him there. They see the defensive work that he's done for so many years and go, why would Collingwood and McRae choose to lose that there? And maybe there's some point to that, but these are some things that he offers this Collingwood midfield that I think even Magpie fans, let alone generic football fans, would agree is a need for them. He offers two-way work rate through that midfield. He offers pressure on the ball carrier. He's got some really clean skills, especially off that left boot. And he's got a nice turn of pace um, from really congested moments. And he's a really smart footballer. And what Collingwood have at the moment is this weird imbalance through their midfield where they've got the old school guys in Sidebottom and Pendlebury who are still skilled, who are still smart, but are certainly lacking a turn of pace as they look to rebuild outside of Maynard and a bunch of kids that we covered on the Jordan Degoe podcast, which you and I were on for, Rids. The only other option outside of Maynard for a staple of this midfield is an impending court case about Jordan Degoe. And the day that this is being released is the day that we will find out, at least from a court perspective, what the ruling is. Nothing beyond that from the AFL. And then the other is Taylor Adams, who I love as a player, but he's made of paper mache. And so the confidence that from a pure footballing sense, not just fantasy, but from a pure footballing sense, is it could very, very quickly, it only can be Maynard. Um, That's the way you get there. I suppose the question some might have, and I'm keen on your take on this, Rids, is, If we rewind ourselves back 12 months ago, there was a Sydney swan by the name of Callum Mills who 
developed himself into being a really valuable defender for his team, was then training through the midfield. But fantasy coaches were hesitant to go there because they'd heard about the rumoured move before, but never felt there was this sense of trust that in-game he wouldn't get moved or if it didn't work after a week or two, he wouldn't get moved. What's your thought process to coaches or response to that for coaches to go, oh, yeah, but he could just be the reverse of what Mills does. What would you say to a coach who thinks that? So there's two things to that. There's a guy called John Longmire, okay? Yeah. He doesn't coach Collingwood. So let's just leave that. Now, Collingwood's got a new coach. So that new coach has got a pretty much a year of freedom to try new things, swap things out. I I reckon if he starts in the preseason in the centre square, Mm. that means that's where he's going to play the large majority early games for Collingwood. Yeah, And as soon as he moves away, you just trade him out and you go somewhere else. Because yes. at his value, he, he's going to average 80 anyway as a defender, yeah? Look, so, he I went mean, 80 last during Team and Fantasy, 92 in Supercoach. So at worst, he holds. There's, there's another guy that me and you spent a bit of time on a podcast a little while ago called Rory Laird for Adelaide yeah. as well. Yeah. Now look at these guys and their averages. They spiked and jumped up yeah, when the they did go in the midfield. Yeah. I tell you now, Braden May, Braden Maynard. Sorry, um, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah, yeah, yeah come um, on. The fact is, okay, he's as tough as they come. He oh, yeah. really is tough. They, he's twenty-five. I, I like when you think about it. He's just turned twenty-five. He's going to be twenty-five for the, pretty much the majority, the majority of the twenty twenty-two season. Yeah, um, that's something you could build a midfielder around, especially oh, if yeah. you've got guys like the Dacos brothers and a few of those other yeah. young McRae, Polter. Yeah, you know that's something you can actually build. And I, I think I mentioned this with Mills a couple of days ago was mm. you can actually build around these guys because they're at the right age. This guy, yeah. I just don't see any reason why you doubt any of that, okay? So just use your eyes, Correct. log on to the Maynard Cup, okay? And just watch the game or games that he plays through that. Yeah. If he starts in the center square and doesn't look like going back, yeah. Just lock him in. Yeah, exactly. Throw look, away the key. club matches aren't going to help you in your analysis here because they've, they've got to have the, a doubling up of every position. So he'll play through the midfield in intras. It's the practice games. It's, it's the Alphabet Cup. It's the Maynard Cup that you've dubbed it as. If he's midfield, you lock it in um, because the upside is you've jumped on this year's Mills and Laird. The downside is he holds as a 90 or as super coach defender or an, a low 80 in DT and fantasy. And, and that's, again, this is the worst case scenario. You burn a trade or you just hold him and upgrade him post buy. And, and he won't be that horrific for you. Remember last year in AFL fantasy and dream team, his best score of the year was a 133. In Supercoach, he gave you a career-high 142 last year. Um, there were multiple tons last year, five of them in DT and Fantasy. Four of them over 115, 10 tons in Supercoach last year. Again, all playing off the back line and a largely accountable Smalls role. So if that's what he's doing there, and if he moves into the midfield, the sky's the limit. Because Rid's the way I, I read the back line, and we'll talk, I'm keen on your take, and then we'll look at drafts in a sec. 
outside of Hall, Lloyd and Whitfield, there's probably not anybody else on first glance that you go, yeah, I, I feel like they could be a 110 guy across the formats. Well, some might pump in others or pop in others, but it, these are the guys that feel like they've got the history or the ceiling to be able to go, yeah, they're there. So the risks you can take in the back line, I feel like that's the area of the season where it could be one and done for us. Maynard just looks to me like one of the easiest picks of the year if he plays through that midfield. Because I, I don't see a world where he doesn't push that 100 barrier if he's playing through that midfield. Well, let's throw some names out there, okay? Sure. Now, 100% if Hall is fit for the season, and we're going to... Same rule for everyone, okay? If they've got to be fit for the season. Sure. Um, and they've got to keep the same position, role, as what they did last year. Hall, no one's going to be Hall, okay, average-wise no. across the board. If, no, it's not just, if that role and fit, no. It's just we've seen one year of it. So, I mean, whether you have that trust, that very maximum pay dollar, sure, I different. don't know. Now, we go to the next one. Let's go Jack Crisp, okay, off the top of my head. Yeah. Now, um, whether we see him or not in the next few, you know, weeks off the top 50, 50 yeah. who knows? But the fact is, he is durable. Yes. He absolutely plays every week. So yeah. straight away, you've got a contrast, don't you? You've got yeah. a guy with... They've both got massive ceilings yes. if they play the right role. Now, Chris is durable. Hall yes. is... Well, so, so, to a point. Yeah. Okay? And then we go down to the next one. So let's go to the next one. Zebul. Okay, Z-Ball, second half of last year, he didn't really play the same yeah. role as he did nah. in the first half. He, wasn't he regressed as the year went on, yeah. 100%. He wasn't attacking. He's going to play more accountable football if he maintains that back role next mm -hmm. this year. Okay, so let's go to the next one. Sam Doherty. We all know the plights that Sam Doherty's had. Yeah, um, we can't, unfortunately, pick know? him. Yep. He's just, you just can't go there. No. Daniel Rich, hot and cold. Yep. Jaden Short, hot and cold. You know. There's a world for Maynard. Field. Yeah. I mean, who are you actually going to be really selecting with any confidence that's not Jake Lloyd? Yeah. Is my whole question is like, I mean, with Jake Lloyd, you've got, I could probably argue Dawson's no there anymore to impact him. Sure. He's, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But I mean, outside of that, who are we 100% convinced is going to actually stay on the park week in, yeah. week out and do what we need to do? So yeah. there is a world here where there's not many that go over 90. You know, Certainly in Dream Team and Fantasy, agree, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if someone like a Maynard who's already going 80 in those four parts and has yeah. got history of 90 the year before, playing yes. a different role, goes into the midfield, yeah. Oh, you just got to absolutely jump on board, don't you? Yeah, I, I think so. And for me, I think you summed it up beautifully almost near the start. If this rumoured and trained role eventuates into the practice and the Maynard Cup, just just lock him in. Because yeah, don't the, the eject button is easy if it goes pear-shaped. But where the club is at, what McRae is trying to do, what the ingredients around it, if they've trained him all year and they play him through the preseason, th there is no reason for that to abort for them. And, and so for me, I I'm with you. Um, if those variables go, you lock him in. And if they don't, you don't start. You, you look elsewhere. And that's why he's where he's in the 50 most relevant. Because the upside of the ifs mean he could go to the absolute moon. The ifs, if it goes against him, 
means he'll still be a good option for us this year, but probably not someone that you're hoping to land um, in, in your squad at some point, unless he, he becomes serious value in the year. Um, let's talk about where he goes on draft rids. I'm really interested. Like he's, he's top 25 defender across the formats, 21st in Supercoach, 25 in Ultimates footy scoring. So by average, he's probably going to get picked up as someone's D3, but the hype around him at the moment probably means someone that wants to own Maynard rather than have him fall to them. You're probably going to have to jump for him at a D2 style selection, won't you? Well, I would actually go even further than that. Yeah, I was well. trying to work out who the D1 options are in the back line. So you've got Hall, you've got Chris, Lloyd, you've got Whitfield. So sure. they're the first four, and I'd say Heppel. Okay, if you throw Heppel in as yeah, well. Yeah, and then in Supercoach, you can add Rich, Stewart, and a bunch of other guys too, where they uh, get yeah, kind of so bumped in that I format. I would be thinking, Maynard, if you've got a 10-team league or a 12-team league or a 16-team league, Maynard's a D1. It could like, very well be. He's right on the borderline. If he gets that role and he goes 90-plus, you're looking at a D1. Now, if you could pick him up at a D2 selection yeah. and he ends up being your D1, you're miles ahead of everyone else. Absolutely. So I would actually be thinking, look, you don't want to go too early on him because no. at the end of the day, there is still that risk that he goes back into the back line in draft. Yes. Um, you know, like say when they play um, Richmond, like he's a perfect matchup for a Dustin Martin. Yes. Yes, he is. So... So one-on-one contest down back, you'd be thinking, okay, he's going to go play a lot of football on Dusty then. So there are going to be those often those occasions where he does go back. But having said that, you don't want to sleep on him either. If you can no. pick him up, you know, um, I'm just trying to stay with your fourth, fifth, sixth selection, depending how the draft goes. Sure. You are absolutely, and you, he's your D2 behind up. Paul, Crisp, Heppel, Ty. Any of those guys, yeah. Yeah, I just think, you know what? He is really, really one of those awkward ones to pick because there are going to be hypes about him. There will be, People yes. will jump him. And because yes. he plays in Collingwood too, they're all crazy. You know, they, they, they love him too. Look, round eight is when Richmond play Collingwood, so it's interesting. The other avenue you could go with Maynard is if you don't – love the back line this year, you can still target him as a D1, but you pick him where others are picking their D2 and you're loading up through that midfield. You're loading up through that forward line, wherever it is. So that's the other avenue you can approach it to of going, I'm picking my D1 at a spot of a D2. Um, and if it flies, it flies. And if it doesn't, okay, you might have a lower volume of defenders, but the defender and the forward line, Every week, you're going to pick up a 75 off the waivers. Um, there's always something in the waiver wire through there. And I actually don't mind the depth of the defensive line in contrast to the forward line. So for, for me, yeah, there's multiple ways you can look at him. And, and he's a fascinating player. He will be one of the most watched players in the preseason because if the ifs line up the way we hope and do want them to, whew, we could have an absolute ripping pick in 2022. Hey, Rich, that's yep. exactly right, mate, because you've got guys like Trent Rivers and Nick yeah. Blakely and all these guys, Ethan Hughes. Just late. You know, they're just going to be Tucker, late. Yeah. They're going to be late, late, late all the time. Every so, time. yeah, I think you're 100% right, mate. So you yeah. just got to 
I, I really do believe defensive line is the sleeper line a little bit in drafts at the moment where you've got to go a little bit early to get your D1. So you're locking that real recognized Whitfield yeah. type hall. But then you can actually sleep all the way down and work through it. Now, if Maynard ends up being your D1 and you get someone like, let's just say, uh, Williams or Sicily or someone like that, it pays D2. D2 and D3. Yeah. I mean, you're looking pretty solid, I think. You could end up with a, a Maynard at D1, just using players in the 50 most relevant. Um, Sicily at a, at a D2. A, and the George Hewitt at D3, who all have the... Now, there's headaches potentially galore in that combo. But there's also an 85-plus across the formats to 95 um, across the format variable. So it's you're right. I think that's the line where you can have some fun this year. That is for sure, man. Um, appreciate your work today on the podcast, though, mate. Yeah, no worries. And um, enjoy the Maynard Cup, people. Yes, it's going to be dubbed that uh, from the coaches panel throughout the rest of this preseason. So enjoy it. Uh, if you want to go and read the article on Braden, it is all available for you now. Coachespanel.tv. All the links for all the other players revealed so far. Make sure you go and check that out. If you're loving these podcasts, uh, make sure you leave a five-star rating and review. It's one of the ways you can support the Coaches Panel and also help others know about us this preseason. And if you do want these podcasts 24 hours early, then you can jump in at our breakout or premium tier levels as a Patreon and you'll get these 24 hours early. Yep, they already know who Louie and I are talking about tomorrow on the 50 Most Relevant. That's, uh, maybe I could give a better clue than Louie's on. It's a player that if you go back and look through Louis's Twitter history, which is uh, at Louis AF uh, for AFL Fantasy, by the way, he talked about this guy a lot at points last year. Who is he? I'll tell you tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant.